Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. <laughs> Just in case. We dance to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Your husband broke my podcast. I need you to fix it. My husband broke your podcast and you need me to fix it? Yeah. It was supposed to be a podcast about forcing Benji to like the movies that I like. And then Brian pointed out that being a good parent means taking an active interest in the things that your kids are into and not forcing your interests on them. Oh, yeah. He broke your podcast by being right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you hate that? (laughs) Yeah. I'm talking to my sister-in-law, Danielle, who I am incredibly lucky to have her as a family member because I think she and my brother, and because I'm an older brother, I I don't want to give my younger brother too much credit. So I'm going to lump a lot of the credit onto Danny. Danny is an amazing mom who figured out how to walk the fine line between being a parent and being a friend as... Jake, my nephew, talked about on the last episode, he was never afraid to go to his parents because he knew that they respected him and, you know, they were friends too, as well as parents. So, Danny, how do you parent? Help me, Danielle Bobbitt. You're my only hope. <laughs> well, the one thing that we did with our kids was it didn't matter what they felt or what they were thinking, or what they wanted, we listened and we validated it. We never made them feel like it was wrong to feel a certain way, even if we didn't agree with what they were saying or what they were doing. Just because it wasn't right or true for us didn't mean it wasn't right or true for them. And we always let them talk and say what they were thinking. We actually got a lot of flack from a lot of people because even when they were little, we let them tell us, if you know, what they were thinking, if they thought we were wrong. We never told them to go do something. We asked them. They knew they had to do it. They had chores they had to do. So we would ask her, please go do the dishes instead of go do the dishes. And I had a lot of people tell me that was wrong hmm. because they're the kids and they have to do what you tell them to do. But that just felt like being a kid made you like less important of a person or less of a person. And I didn't want them to grow up feeling like they were less than anybody just because of who they were or how old they were or whatever. The basic rule of thumb was just to respect them and teach them to respect other people. And the best way to do that is to treat them the way you want them to treat others. 
Yeah. And the way you want to be treated. I was thinking like, oh, it's so cool that Brian and Jake are into RC cars. And then Jake reminded me of the story that Brian had wasn't interested in RC cars for quite some time because he moved on to real cars. And it was right. Jake who got into them. And then that was what made Brian go you know what? Here's something I can connect with my son on. Let's go get me an RC car so we can do this together. Exactly. Part of me was like, oh, it's so cool that Danny and Bree are both nerdy and into Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but the timeline of that is that was Bree first. And then it was you, you know, maybe you helped nurture it by introducing Lord of the Rings to them. But, you know, when she started getting into Dungeons and Dragons, that was a thing that you started making your interest too so you would have something to bond with her about you and brian do it so organically well and that's exactly and the lord of the rings thing is actually very sad because i did introduce lord of the rings to them and she did not love it and she did not embrace it until many years later after she got into D and <laughs> fell in love with it on her own and it's tragic <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, at least now you can hold it over her and be like yeah oh yeah yeah i was oh, into yeah. this way before you kid <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but the, the D&D is a perfect example. I, I had never had any exposure to it at all until she got into it. I didn't know anything about it. And then she started DMing and she had like, she's really good at creating characters, but struggled with how to get from point A to point B with the story. So yeah. she'd come to me and ask me, what do you think I should do? Or what do you think this backstory should be? And that's how we got into that together, just building that with her. That makes me so... I Obviously, you know me well enough to know how <laughs> happy that makes me that we were able to get Brie a set of really nice dice. You know? oh my and that gosh. would mean a lot to her. You know, like... Uh, yeah. She's a bobbit. She really is. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the kids' friends are into things and their parents just dismiss it or write it off as just kids being stupid kids and it's not interesting or it's just, you know, like this generation. But if you look at what they're doing, there's a reason they love it. Yeah. That was the thing that Jake said, too, where... He always felt respected that you guys didn't dismiss whatever was important to him as just a silly kid thing. And even now at 20, that is such a mature realization to have of him being able to express why he felt his parents have done a good job. Brian and I don't have that. No, I don't either, really. <laughs> yeah. He not only appreciates the fact that he has good parents, but he knows what you guys did right in order to be good parents. And that's fantastic. Yeah, that makes a mom happy. <laughs> yeah. Bree is living on her own, so she is the first of your children to be out. How are you feeling right now as a mom? I would imagine you probably feel pretty confident. I know as her uncle, I, I'm not scared at all. No, absolutely. I don't have any concerns for her whatsoever. I feel very confident that she's ready for this new journey and that she has a really good head on her shoulders and she's really responsible and I don't have any concerns at all. 
And she's closer to us, which is nice, too. So if they do need help, it's a lot easier to help them because they're just seven minutes away instead of like an hour away. It was nice, too, because I wanted I was in the Lowe's and I was like, oh, I should buy Bria a vacuum cleaner. And she already gotten one because she's been planning for years moving out on her own. And it kind of makes me draw a comparison between being a good dungeon master, preparing in advance for everything And being (laughs) an adult, (laughs) being on your own, where she's preparing, like, you know, she probably didn't have to run to Meyer at the middle of the night to buy a broom and dustpan, (laughs) because she probably already (laughs) took into account broom and dustpan. It's really funny you said, you know, the Dungeon Master comparison, because she did kind of handle it the same way. She had her list. She had her plan for what she wanted. She had her budget and how much money she had to save every week out of her check so that she'd have enough to fall back on if something went wrong for a month or two for rent and the mm-hmm. list of everything she'd need to reach each goal in each room and it was all planned out in a little notebook just like when she's <laughs> planning out a story for DMing. Yep. She's like, all right, I'm gonna need five platinum pieces, eight gold mm-hmm. pieces, <laughs> sixteen yep. silver pieces. Yeah. I am so lucky that I have impeccable and just really wonderful human beings to have as like a niece and nephew. And that really goes to what you and Brian, mostly you, uh, have done. done. And you're wired more like me where Brian cares less about movies than I do. Like I just looked up this morning because Brian used to always watch this documentary on a stunt man named Dar Robinson who did a lot of stunts for old Burt Reynolds movies. And I just realized this morning that this documentary he used to watch as a kid was kind of an immemorial to him because he died. And I don't think Brian was ever invested enough to get to the end where I found out that the guy died. <laughs> Because, you know, Brian, right. yeah, Brian would just kind of, you know, maybe watch television while he was trying to figure out some mechanical thing in his head. And then he would just go out and do that instead. And what, um, well, first of all, what kind of movies did you grow up with? Because you're kind of, um, you're kind of the black sheep of the Waltons in that you yeah. are a, a super nerd. Um, yes. So, so what did you grow up with and how did you find it? Oh, well, it actually, it started the movies I used to watch are not movies I watch now at all. I used to love scary movies that I would sneak and watch behind my mom's back at our neighbor's house that I never should have been watching. And you hate scary movies now. I hate them so much now, but I loved them when I was like eight. Oh my gosh. Stuff I definitely should not have been watching. But the girl I was watching them with was like 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved them. They didn't scare me. I thought they were hilarious. They are. You're wrong now as an adult. I am wrong now as an adult. I know. But I hate them now. (laughs) Um, But I loved loved anything John Hughes, which I made it one of my parenting goals, was for my children to also love John Hughes movies. And as they grew up and became age appropriate. Yeah, that was a, a thing that Brian mentioned that you showed them Breakfast Club earlier than I thought you would have. And I remember for myself being terrified of high school. And I feel like mm-hmm. if I had watched Breakfast Club beforehand, it would have maybe disarmed high school for me a little bit. And that's exactly why I did it. They yeah. were maybe a little young. 
younger than maybe a lot of people would let their kids watch it. But then the kids are also a little more mature than most of their friends at that age, too. Yeah. And I did think, you know, it has some adult content in it, but it wasn't anything awful. And I thought that the benefit of them seeing it before going into high school outweighed the the downside of them seeing it maybe a little young. Yeah. And they're not walking around drooling and twitching and scarred by it. So I figure it's okay. (laughs) It's a movie that really teaches kids to kind of embrace the others, you know? Well, to understand that just because you see someone a certain way superficially doesn't mean that that's who they are. Right. Yeah. That everyone has more layers. You can tell a kid something a million times, but sometimes seeing it in a movie gets through to them a little bit more. Yeah. It's not just mom yammering about stuff. (laughs) In Lord of the Rings that they didn't take to. Yeah. Harry Potter, I believe as well. Oh, yes. We're big Harry Potter people. Everyone here. In fact, Jake, he's dyslexic and he hated reading. He liked the Harry Potter movies. So we got the Harry Potter book and I got Harry Potter audio book. So he could listen to them while reading the book in front of him. Oh, wow. And he fell in love with reading. Harry Potter is why he became obsessed with reading. And it was kind of the same for Brian. After graduating high school, Brian found enjoyment and a love of reading on his own. It it couldn't be a thing that teachers or family tried to force on him. He had to discover it all on his own, which, yeah, that's, that's nice that there's that parallel between him and Jake. Yeah. And that's, it was, it made it a lot easier for Jake as he was struggling through everything that Brian did talk to him about the same struggles he had when he was growing up with it. And it was something that they could relate to each other with. So Jake didn't feel as down on himself because there were times where he really struggled and he like, what if if he was stupid or what was wrong with him that he, because Bree is a very strong reader and always has been. Mm -hmm. And so his sister was doing really well there and he struggled with it and felt bad about it until Brian told him about his own struggles at that age and older. Right. Because I like Bree was someone who read a lot as a kid for fun. And mm-hmm. yeah, it it was, it's one of those things that I didn't even think about at the time that a thing I was doing for enjoyment was a thing that brought so much stress onto Brian. So, right. you know. wow, they, that's kind of nice the way the universe works out like that. Isn't it? Yeah. Life is interesting sometimes. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. What was their equivalent to like how you had John Hughes movies growing up? Like movies that they watched? Yeah. Um... This is me trying to desperately hold on to the concept of the podcast, even though I'm realizing the podcast should really be more about how do you be a good parent. But unfortunately, <laughs> the podcast is called Movies for Kids, not How Do You Be a Good Parent. <laughs> the, the movies, a lot of it is actually stuff that um, I tried really hard to get into with them as one of those, let's relate and do things together. But mm-hmm. they didn't do a lot of movies because they grew up in, with streaming. So everything was yeah. just like a series of things, um, a lot of anime. Oh, really? I never knew that about them. Oh, yeah. Both of them are really into anime. And I tried really hard to get into what they were watching. And it just it doesn't appeal to me. I'm not an anime girl. Um, I would watch. I'd follow along with the stories. Some of them were more obnoxious than others. Oh, yeah. Some of them were interesting, but just didn't really hold my 
attention, but I would sit and watch anyway because they wanted mom to watch and it was so cool. Mom, you have to see it. In the late 90s, my dad and I watched Neon Genesis, uh-huh. which is like this big giant robot anime thing. And we got all the way to the end. So like, I don't know, 13 hours of this thing. And it almost seemed like their animation budget ran out where it was just like a character standing still and the background was just all black. And it was just this sort of existential (laughs) coming to terms with stories and characters and stuff. And my dad and I were like, really? This is no. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Anime gets very weird at the end sometimes. Where Yeah. Yeah. It's like, did did you just get tired of drawing giant robots? (laughs) (laughs) No, if you want to talk like actual movies, most of the movies they watched were things that uh, we were trying to show them from when we were growing up. Every single movie, they would say they didn't want to see it. It's old. We're not going to like it. (laughs) We'd make them watch it. And at the end, they would say they loved it. And they would thank me for making them watch it. With one exception, neither one of them liked Big. And that makes me so sad. Oh, no. Bree couldn't get past the fact whether he was in an adult body or not. It was a kid and an adult woman. And it was yeah. And she's not wrong. <laughs> no, she really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you look, really look at that movie, she's not wrong. Nope. So she didn't like it. But they loved all the other ones. Is, is there a way that you approached introducing them to these movies that you loved growing up? Because... I'm finding in talking to my friends that a lot of the movies that were important to my friends growing up, their kids pretty much are just like, yeah, you know, it's it's nice that you like that, but it seems like it kind of worked out in your favor. Um, well, so with Labyrinth, because I knew as soon as I told them what it was, they were going to make fun of it and not want to <laughs> watch it. So I played songs from the soundtrack while we were cleaning the house one Saturday. Oh, okay. To get their attention. And their interest. And then they were like, what in the world are you listening to? This is so weird. I was like, oh, you want to understand what's going on? Let me play a movie for you. (laughs) (laughs) I have to be sneaky sometimes. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I would just do things like that. Just kind of work my way around it. So they didn't know that I was about to make them watch a movie. Or they had no warning. (laughs) It was like, they thought it was their idea to watch it. Okay, I'm writing that down, so that way Benji can go, what's this weird steel drum music? And I can go, huh, that's the cantina theme from a little movie called Star Wars. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Now, if you you can make your kids think that something you want them to do is actually their idea, your life will be a lot easier. (laughs) It's like you're totally fixing the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) How to manipulate your children. Okay. (laughs) It's not manipulating. It's creative guidance. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I call it so I don't sound so bad. Right. I was very scared about being old dad because I know it was very difficult on Brian having old dad. And I am a bit older than my dad was when he had me. But... I feel like part of the benefit of being old dad is that I have people like my baby brother and his wife who can guide me and I can turn to when I have questions and stuff. Like, I don't have to know everything because 
I have friends and family who've already gone through all of this stuff before. So I'm very thankful for you. And I, I appreciate you a lot. I, I love you to death. Uh, it, this is on a podcast now, me saying that. Um, I was just going to say, this is like recorded forever. I'm going to just play this back for you sometimes just to watch uh, cringe. Uh, if it makes you feel better, you saying nice things to me gives me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> just as much as it does you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I'm the one who said it, though. We're, we're both equally weirded out and uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I really love the job that you and Brian did as a team because Jake and Bree have turned into really wonderful adults. And you did a great job. Even if a compliment feels weird, I hope that you at least look at Jake and Bree and kind of are able to pat yourself on the back and go, yeah, we did this right. And most of the time I do. You're always going to question yourself. And believe me, I made a million mistakes raising these kids, uh, but none of the really big ones that did permanent damage as far as I know. Everybody's going to make mistakes. The important thing is that you admit when you make mistakes. You admit to them that you made mistakes and apologize to them for it too. And you said team. That's the other thing we did with the kids. I would tell them if they were arguing or whatever, your dad and I are a team. It doesn't matter what happens, what you're doing. You're going up against two of us. There's two of you. You need to be a team, too, because you don't you don't stand a chance on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that he and I are closer growing up because, you know, we weren't exceptionally cl close as children. But, man, I... I love that guy to death. I, I am really lucky to have him as a brother. I think you're both great, and you're both lucky to have each other. Wait, what was that first part? You think that we're both what? Never mind. All right. Well, that's a podcast. I'm going to listen to that moment over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Danny. I, th I, I know this isn't your favorite idea of something to do on a Saturday, but I, I really, really appreciate you letting me record this. You're very welcome. All I'm right. honored that you wanted to. <gasps> Ooh, I got that on tape, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>